welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. Yo, yo, ah, uh, now, fucker. Tune in to Al Joe, the funk master. Watch your grill, yoga, knock out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the mountain off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps. You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I roll the seas, planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps episode 140. We have UFC Vegas 35, if I'm not mistaken. If I am mistaken, please let me know and make fun of me. Uh, we got some big fights coming up. Uh, mainly the main event, obviously, Giga Chikaze taking on Edson Barbosa. It is his first opportunity at a main event. And taking on a high-profile name in Edson Barbosa, this is a big matchup for the featherweight division. And I'm super excited because I don't know which way he's going to go. You got completely different styles. And Barbosa, explosive kicks. Obviously, Giga can kick, but it's a different style of kicking. This guy just kicks, chops the legs down, where Giga Chikaze is looking for the Giga kick which he's been known for, which is the left kick to the body, right into the liver, puts his opponents down. And the last one, I think he actually put the guy down with the head shot um, with the leg kick. So with the head kick on the left side, uh, I think he was actually Cub Swanson, ground and pound, body kick and um, ground and pound follow up. So a little mistaken on that. But the other one, Jamie Simmons, I think that's the one I was thinking about. He had the head kick to the ground and pound finish. So that's two finishes in a row for Mr. Uh, Chikadze. So this is a big opportunity for him to really stamp his name in the UFC featherweight division. Not like he already hasn't, but this is one to ascend his name into the title shot conversation with the win over a guy like Edson Barbosa. So this is a huge opportunity. And we all know once an opportunity like this comes, it doesn't always come. So you got to make sure you seize the moment. Um, 33 years old, Giga Chikaze, six feet tall, 74 inch reach from Tbilisi, Georgia. Um, pretty close to where our guy Marab Devalishvili is from. And as you guys know, we were over in Georgia. Got my Sterliani hat from Swanetti. So great country, great people. And um, Barbosa, Brazilian. Been around the UFC forever, 22-9, and two-fight win streak. Last one was Shane Burgos. The one before that was Makwan Americani. Uh, 35 years old, 5'11", with a 75-inch reach. Now, we all know what Barbosa, he's fought everyone in, in the UFC f- lightweight division, coming down to the featherweight division. Had a little bit of mixed results, but finally got his groove going, I think. Um, lost to Danny Gay, but beat Makwan Americani, then beat Sherman Burgos. And it's kind of fascinating to see a guy do so well at the lightweight division, come down and start to really have success. And it makes you wonder, like, is cutting weight the end-all be-all? Because the guy was up at the the lightweight division with monsters and finishing guys, beating guys, and was on the cusp of of a title shot in his own right at that division. So coming down now, I expect him to have similar results in terms of success. But a guy like Giga Chikaze, this tough dude, like I said, glory kickboxer, comes through with the with the Giga kick, puts a lot of guys down. He's a tough opponent. Uh, I think this one's going to come down to a little bit like a volume versus power. It seems like for me, when the way I look at this, I see Giga Chikaze having the more power where 
Edson Barbosa is more like speed with the hands, with the boxing. You, I don't really see Giga boxing too much. He kind of waits. He uh, throws some big bombs when he can. And like I said, he's the one that lands the power shots where Edson Barbosa is more like finesse. He touches you up, lands the kicks, throws the spinning back kicks, throws the spinning wheel kicks. And if you're in the way and you get clipped, most guys go down, you know. So um, that Shane Burgos fight that Barbosa won, it was kind of a weird one where he clipped him. And it was like a delayed reaction to a knockout. Uh, Touched him. I forgot which punch. But both uh, Burgos looked fine. And then a couple seconds later, it looked like someone just shut off his computer. And all of a sudden, everything just kind of like a like a virus just crashing a computer and, and just terminating. The screen goes black. It was like one of those type of things where he got hit. Probably like five seconds later, he hits like a delayed reaction, stumbles back to the cage and kind of short circuits and, and falls down kind of thing. So that was a, a very freaky, weird KO I've ever seen in the UFC, let alone MMA. So um, we know Burgos is a tough dude. So for him to do that to a guy like Shane, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that Barbosa doesn't have power. We know he's the speed, uh, speed demon. He throws really good fast combinations. He doesn't do well when guys pressure him. I can't really see Giga Chikaze being the guy that's pressure him looking for takedowns because that's not really Giga's game. So this is going to be a stand-up battle, in my opinion, and I'm really looking forward to see who can go out there and get their hand raised. For Giga to get a win, this is going to be huge for his country of Georgia, the Republic of Georgia. And uh, obviously for Barbosa, for him to win this, to to really move forward in his claim to be the one of the next names in line to put their name in a hat for a title shot, I think this is a must-win fight for him. Uh, Giga Chikaze. 33 years old, so this is one of those opportunities where they don't come around too often, so he has to get the job done as well. So that's why I love these type of matchups, because it's a high-stakes fight, and uh, winner takes all, obviously, always. Um, I don't know which way I'm really leaning on this one. And from Obviously, I know Giga more personally, so I would like for him to win, but in terms of a standpoint from a technicality, I really can't say I've seen enough of Giga in the UFC for me to say definitely going to get the job done. Um I think this is going to come down to a little bit of grit. Uh, Barbosa has been in those tough fights before. I don't think uh, Chikaze has been in those tough fights as of yet. And that's a good thing. You know, it kind of shows that he's always the guy who's always getting the job done. So he's never really had to deal with the adversity, never letting these guys get into the fight and putting him in those situations where he has to battle back from adversity, where Barbosa... He has, you know, those tough fights with Paul Felder, the tough one with uh, Justin Gaethje, even though that wasn't a back and forth fight. Uh, Dan Ige, split decision loss. Uh, Benil Dariush, he's had some tough, tough fights, even uh, Tony Ferguson. So we'll see how this one goes. Uh, hopefully Giga can get the, the job done. Um, I really want to see Georgia have someone uh, getting to that next level. Even though Marab is right there, uh, Roman is right there. They have a couple of good, good Georgian fighters that are right there on the cusp of doing really, really big things and eventually fighting for a world UFC title. Um, next up, we got Brian Battle versus Gilbert Urbina. The other guy, Tra I think his name was Trayvon, Trayson Gore, something like that, got hurt or something. He's pulled out of the fight. That's all I know. Tough finale. So Urbina gets a second shot to step in there, taking on Brian Battle. This is a big opportunity for Urbina. He's also had two brothers that used to be on the tough um, show as well. And um, they fought in the UFC. So now you got this guy coming in, one of the, I think the youngest of all the brothers. And this is a huge opportunity for him because he lost to Trayson Gore in the tough house in the semifinals. So now he gets a chance to make right, 
get a second opportunity to become the ultimate fighter. And for him, this would be huge for him and his family. But he's taking on a tough dude in, in Brian Battle. Battle had some really good fights. He fought a, a tough wrestler, strong, put together. But he used his reach. And I think a guy who knows how to use his body the way he does is a tough guy for anyone to fight. Where Ubina, every time he got clipped by Trayson, uh, a clean shot. It just looked like his lights kind of got shut out with the jab, with the short hook. And um, it was kind of running into the punches where he'll throw a punch, but the other hand will come down as he was throwing the punch. And Trayshawn just did a great job of timing him and uh, really put it on him when he needed to put it on him. So uh, it kind of makes me wonder about his chin. You know, that's the only thing. So I'm not saying you need to get punched, but I think he has to do a little bit more technical analysis and make sure... He's fixed those holes. So hopefully he did. And could, this one could be a, a very, very fun fight. Because I don't think Battle is really like a power puncher like Trayshawn is. So that's going to be the difference. So he, ha I think this gives him a better opportunity to get the job done. Because his grappling is phenomenal. And uh, Battle, I don't think his grappling is all that great. But his striking, very unorthodox. And he's super long, like I said. And this is a great opportunity for both these guys to... Uh, really ascend their name in the UFC. And Battle's only 26 years old. He's 6'2". So this is a big opportunity for these guys. Next up, we got Ricky Tercios versus Brian Heidstein. Now, Heidstein looks like the one guy who's on the Ultimate Fighter, 22 years old, 5'8", who looked like me, actually fighting on the Tough Show in their weight class. Meaning, when you're in the Tough Show, most guys go up a weight, they, they're, they're up a weight, and then they fight down a weight. So, they're in the, so for, for instance, I would fight at 45. But really, I'm a band weight fighting at 135. It just makes the weight cut that much easier. It makes it easier to get the weight off when you're fighting that often, especially if you think you're going to win. You're not going in there to just lose in the first round. You will know you got to make weight probably one week and then probably another two weeks later, that type of thing. So you're going to be fighting often and frequently, and you need to make sure that you can get the weight off. So for a guy like Brian Hidson, I just felt like he's one of the bigger guys compared to these other guys. Maybe Torsios too, but... I, I haven't done enough research on these guys to know if they are true bandweights, but I think Brian uh, Heinstein is just because of his size and stature. The last guy he fought in the semifinals uh, just didn't look like he didn't look like the biggest guy, you know. So that's kind of the way I felt about that one. But um, Ricky Tercios, good fighter, man, fun fighter. Brian Brady, I call him Brian. His name is Brady. I'm sorry, Brady. My bad. Don't think I did that on purpose because I did not. But uh, Brady looked good, very high-level grappler, pushed the paces on guys, and Ricky Tercio, same thing, but he's throwing all these crazy combinations, he's spinning left and right, very unpredictable because you don't know what he's going to throw, and I will say one of the things about Ricky, about the unpredictability, is he doesn't really care if he gets hit, he does a good job, he's in great shape, so he can wear it, and he can dish it, so I think that's what makes this fight very, very interesting to see who's going to get the job done, who's going to be able to impose their will. And just so you guys know, this podcast is brought to you guys today by P3, the only number one source of protein for the UFC. Let me make sure I have read that the right way because I don't want to get beat up. <laughs> so I'm going to give you guys a couple predictions, and this one's going to be sponsored by the UFC, the official protein snack of the UFC. Uh, and starting with these predictions... We got Kevin Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez. This is a tough one for me. I like Kevin. Really cool dude. I got to train with him a little bit down at, at uh, Extreme Couture down in Las Vegas. And then you have Daniel Rodriguez. 
Very cool dude. Got to train with him, not with him, but train alongside him at Syndicate MMA down in Las Vegas. Danny Rodriguez is the true welterweight. Kevin Lee's coming up from flat from lightweight. You know, he's not the biggest welterweight. He's not the smallest. He's probably around the same size as RDA. I don't think. Uh, I don't think he's gonna have much of a an advantage in this fight other than the grappling. But we saw what happened when he fought RDA. He shot his watch super early. I don't know if it was something before the fight, something during the fight. Maybe it's the day of the fight because I know what that feels like when the, you did everything right, training camp, and then the day of the fight, something just seems to go wrong. It happened in my last fight with PD Um, and you felt like you had one of the best training camps in the world. So these things happen. So I just feel like Kevin is in a little bit of a tough spot taking on a guy like Danny Rodriguez, who's been coming into his own. He beat Preston Parsons. Round one looked very, very dominant. Really, really put the beats on Mike Perry. That was a, a good fight. Perry did as best as he can, but Rodriguez was just a better guy, D-Rod. And he lost to Nicholas Dalby before that. And before that, he knocked out Dwight Grant. So this guy's fought some tough guys in this division already. Kevin Lee has only fought RDA, and it wasn't a good performance. Um, the Charles Oliveira wasn't a good performance. He knocked out Gregory Gillespie. That was a sick performance. Nasty knockout. Beautiful combination. He lost to Aya Quinta um, after losing to, before losing to RDA. Uh, he beat Barbosa. That says something. Barbosa's now at 45. And Kevin Lee's going up to 170. So you have to, you can't do MMA math, but it makes things very interesting to kind of see where people are at and in terms of their mental. But before that, he was on a one, two, three, four, five fight winning streak, finishing everybody, ran naked chokes. The only guy he didn't finish was Efron uh, Escudero, and that was back in 2016. He submitted Jake Matthews, submitted uh, the the Russian guy, Mastavayev, Francisco Trinaldo. Michael Chiesa before losing to Tony Ferguson in an interim title fight. So Kevin's fought some of the best guys. I just think size is going to play a big factor in this one. I don't think his boxing is the greatest. It needs a little bit of work in comparison to a guy like D-Rod, who's also, I believe, a southpaw. I think it makes it a little bit tough. And I don't like betting against people that I, I know. So I know I said this was a P3 prediction, so I kind of have to pick. Um, so don't hate me, but I'm leaning towards the side of Danny Rodriguez in this one. I just think the size advantage is going to be very, very difficult for Kevin Lee. And with the cardio aspect of, of it as well, I think that's going to be a challenge. So hopefully Kevin could prove me wrong and uh, we just have ourselves a fun fight. Uh, next one, we have Gerald Mershot versus Mahmoud Muradov. Very fun fighter, uh, Muradov. Uh, for my P3 prediction, I'm going with Mahmoud. I think he's just been in a different type of tear. And uh, Mershaw, he's tough, but I feel like he's an undersized 85er. I don't think he's the biggest guy. He doesn't seem to have that power going in with him. I feel like he would have done well going down at 170. Maybe he would have been a little bit slower with those other guys, but I think his grappling and his power would have kind of came together and helped him get through those fights a little bit easier. When he fought Chemayev, explosiveness and the power of Chemayev kind of caught him off guard, knocked him out. I think Mahmoudov is kind of one of those guys who could kind of do the same. And uh, hopefully Gerald proves me wrong because he's another guy that I do know. So like I said, I don't like betting against guys I I know or picking against guys because I know what that feels like when people pick against you. 
You just want to shut them up. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, Maurov, I don't know who the hell this guy is other than he's a phenomenal fighter. He's fun to watch. Um, let's see his losses. He's 25 and 6. Um, Dr. Stoppage, unanimous decision. It just says loss, split decision, armbar. So there is a one armbar loss in there for him. So maybe this could be an opportunity for Mershad because I don't think Mark, uh, Maurov is a big guy at this weight. But I think he's just got the the momentum on his side in comparison to Gerald Mershot, who won his last one, guillotine choke, and lost before that to Chemayev. So maybe he proves me wrong and gets the job done. Now, I'm going to pick one more fun fight. Um, let's go Pat Sabatini versus Jamal Emmers. This should be a fun fight. Pat Sabatini coming from Cage Fury, where I fought, where I was a champion for. And uh, Jamal Emmers, I forgot where he was fighting. I think it was LFA. He actually fought Corey Sanhagen. He was the guy to beat him before me. Yep, he beat Corey Sanhagen. Um, he actually lost to Giga Split Decision. I think that was his UFC debut. Yes, it was. So LFA, I believe he was a champion over there. Tough dude. But Sabatini, I think, is a different type of animal with his his striking is coming along. And I think his grappling is going to be able to make the difference in this one with Jamal Emmers. I would be surprised if Emmers could shut him down. Um because sometimes I feel like he he kind of holds back and doesn't let himself go in the fights. So I think this could be a good opportunity for Pat Sabatini to, to uh, I don't want to say steal one, but to get the job done. Um, so other than that, we're not going to talk about any of the other fights because I got to get packing. I'm getting ready to head to Vegas in a bit. So as always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit or spin it back fist, baby. I'll see you guys later. I'll be in Vegas soon, getting some sun, getting some training, and then obviously getting back to New York. And I will also be in Vegas for Marat when he's fighting Marlon Marais. And then we finish up training camp here in Long Island, of course. And then we're shipping off to Abu Dhabi, Fight Island. Going to get our hand raised and keep this belt in New York, baby. Let's go. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. That's the show. You ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get to stepping. And remember, we bring the noise because the people want the funk. Until next time, this is the Weekly Scraps. Bye-bye.